Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner, in the middle of our very busy season in my chimney business, that is. It's busy in the chocolate business, too, because we are gearing up for Christmas and gifts, and we've got a lot of uh, corporate gifts coming and and are getting ready to ship out, and that's a lot of fun. It's neat to see the chocolate business rolling at full blast over there. Got a couple great pastry chefs that are working every day, making excellent product, and Evan and I get to come in and and work with them, and uh, it's, it's really fun, and I wanted to talk about a couple things this week uh you know it's like a meme that i saw but it was talking about success requires replacement and i like that that line or that thought process of you know i've kind of hit on that many times of you know it's really not what you have to add to your plate to be more successful it's what you kind of have to take away or what you have to stop doing a lot of times to make yourself successful, right? If you want to lose weight, you kind of have to stop eating some of the things you eat and you have to stop sitting on the couch and you've got to, you know, start working out or you got to give up some of your time and give up some of your money. And so I wanted to kind of talk about success requires replacement. I do want to, before we get going, talk about an upcoming event at my facility on January 12th and 13th, uh, depending on COVID and a few things, we're going to have a CSIA business symposium. Now, this is could be open for any chimney business, but also can be open for any business, period. You don't have to be in the chimney business to get a lot from this. We've got 10 speakers, uh, two days full of, of a lot of great topics and information from running your service business properly to leadership to insurance work, how to how to really do insurance work. I'm going to talk about keys to building and growing a successful business. My Kent Wesley, who works with us, has been on this podcast, going to talk about hiring. Ray Palf is going to talk about cost controls. And Taylor Hill is going to talk some about marketing and profitability. Um, Chuck Roydhouse is going to talk about operational excellence. And there's, uh, Alan Rush is going to talk about sales. So, should be a great two-day event, but it's also going to be for the first time virtually too. So we're going to have virtual seats, and I will leave a link to the to the um, event at the bottom of these show notes. If you're interested in it, you can go to csi.org and find it there too. But it's going to be at my shop um, uh, January 12th and 13th, and I'm also inviting people to come the day before if you'd like to do a tour and just um, you know see our facility talk about kind of some of the things we do in real life in real time so we're going to have a, a hopefully a fun event depends on what's going on with covid but no matter what we're going to do it virtually as well so that is my public announcement so let's just talk about success requires replacement so it's, it's one of the things that says replace Netflix marathons with morning jogs. Um, I do talk surprisingly to a lot of people who watch a lot of TV, and I it's rarely that person that I'm talking to that watches a lot of TV that is highly successful. Um, or and I say successful, 
you can be successful and watch a lot of TV. I don't mean that. I mean, if you're driven and you want something different in your life, it probably TV isn't part of it unless you're gathering information like watching the news and you need that information to stay relevant. But in general, it's a time suck. And if the more you do that, the more you're kind of being complacent about where you are and what you want in life, especially when you're young. When you're young and trying to build those those hours, and talked about it a bunch, Gary Vaynerchuk says you're going to grow the most between the hours of seven at night and one in the morning. That's when you change your life. And so with this thing, it was success requires replacement. So you got to re- replace that TV, Netflix marathons, or heck, Fox marathons, or MSNBC marathons, or CNN, or whatever you're, is taking your time up watching that screen. Sometimes it's YouTube, unless you're learning stuff. Uh, with morning jogs and, and I've gotten back on my routine and man, it's so hard. It's so hard to get up before everything and go work out. But when I, once I finally get up and get to the, you know, get going, I'm fine. It's just that initial get out of bed move that makes, that's the hardest. Once you get going, it's no problem. And, um, and then when you're working out, it's painful. And I learned something from, uh, listening to Joe Rogan's podcast when he was interviewing uh, Leif Babin or, and um, oh, what's his name, Jocko Wilnick. He said when they're hurting, they simply, when they're working out and they're really hurting, they say, good. And I, I like that. That's helped me a lot. I, I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but saying the word good out loud or even in my mind when I'm really hurting, I don't know what it does. It just triggers something and I can keep going. So get out there and do some kind of morning workout. The next thing was replacing fake influencers with inspiring creators. Now, I don't really follow a lot of influencers and that's not my thing. I'm probably too old for, to follow influencers. And I would I would bet that most people listening to this may not even know what an influencer is. But I can tell you this. There's some influencers that when they say do something or buy something, it matters. We've had an influencer come into our chocolate shop, a very famous person that liked our chocolates and put it out on their Instagram feed. And man, we got a ton of business from it. So and we've we get most of our most of our people from chocolate f- from influencers on um, Instagram. People come in all the time, saw you on Instagram, and that's how they heard about us. But for me, as a business guy, I I like inspiring creators, and I like to listen to inspiring leaders. And so, one of the things I've gotten into recently, which is a super surprising, is TikTok to me, is amazing. I love TikTok. I watch it quite a bit during the day, and I follow certain people that, uh, certain business advice people, certain generals have a TikTok, believe it or not. Certain um, inspirational people have TikToks of other people speaking and little snippets of inspiration very quick. And I have learned more from TikTok than any single thing that I have Really, I used to learn a lot from Facebook and then TikTok is faster and it's amazing. Plus, you know, it's hilarious too, but I don't know. I'm surprised at how much I like it because at first it was just for little kids and 
everybody was too old. But now that the Facebook crowd and a lot of people are moving to TikTok, uh, if you follow the right things, it's got an algorithm to give you more of what you like. I noticed when I started watching cat and dog videos, I got a lot of cat and dog videos. I'm like, well, I like some of those, but I want to follow certain things. So you got to follow and watch what you like and it gives you more of it. But I have just been amazed by that. I have learned so many things from TikTok that were life hacks, inspirational things. And it's, it's one of my new favorite things. If you don't know what it is, I recommend you, you checking it out. And if you like it, it's, it can be pretty inspiring in a lot of ways. Another thing, replace toxic friends with mentors. I've said it a million times now. Mentors are the name of the game. Get some and get away from people who drag you down. And that's easier said than done because it could be a spouse. It could be a family member. It could be your kids. It could be somebody at work you can't get away from. But limit your limit your uh, time with those people if they are negative but you have to spend time. Limit your openness to listen to somebody pulling you down, dragging you down, telling you're not worth it, telling it's too big of a risk, telling you whatever it is. If it's not going in the right direction and they're not necessarily a person that you can listen to, and if they're super successful and you want to go that way, by all means, listen to them. But if they're not, they should not take up very much room in your brain uh, in order to stop you or make you not want to do something that you're interested in. Now, if it's a mentor and they have your best interest at heart and they care about you, you should listen to them. But again, it's your life. It's your race. Uh, sometimes they don't give great advice. Sometimes they give really great advice and it's your job to kind of weed through that, but replace toxic friends with mentors. Replace complaining with gratitude. I That's an everyday battle, and I had a, a talk with one of my office staff this week about that, about it's so easy to be complaining about people and not look for the positive in it. One of my favorite books is Whale Done, and it talks about how you... The only way to get a killer whale to do these crazy things in, in SeaWorld is to kind of ignore the negative uh, that it doesn't do the right thing and you give it fish when it when it goes over the bar the right way and you and you cheer it and cheer it and cheer it and to me that's also the way to be happy if I can focus on somebody's positive points and minimize their negatives I'm just happier in general I like people more if I want to focus on what I don't like about them I'll end up hating people and not liking them so Every day I look at how much work we've got going in and out and it is amazing and I'm so grateful when I look around and see what's happening. If I focus on just the negative, I will hate my business and I'm going to talk about that too because like today and yesterday, I just had a rush of crappy things coming at me. One was we were working on a big apartment complex, replacing 80 some fireplaces. And one of my guys was screwing a, a hearth, uh, um, piece of hardy board down underneath the hearth where tile was going to go. And, uh, for a electric fireplace unit and we hit a sprinkler system line and it, it should have been 18 inches under the floor. We should have never hit it, but it was right up against the floor. We had no way to know it. And we flooded the downstairs, 
apartment in the, you know, right in the middle of the thing. So, I mean, it was unseen. Luckily, it wasn't like a fourth or fifth story and flooded all the way down, you know, which happens. Um, but, you know, we got hit with that. And then I got hit with several other people just being mad about different things. And a lot of times I will totally see their side. But some of it, sometimes I got to fight. I got to absolutely step up and and defend us at a certain situation. But in general, I could focus on that and make it be a bad day. But I just won't. I don't want it to. If I if I find myself being more more complaining, if I ever get down that road or anybody in my business, I help them see all the good that does happen. And and that helps me with just my brain power and my overall attitude. Um you know, today I got a call from a guy who called my office and said uh, he was a competitor. I, I've never heard of his company. He's like I'm getting complaints from people that you're telling customers not to use my services and I'm a ripoff. Well, I talked to my whole office and none of us had ever heard of this person and he operates quite a bit south of us and we've literally never heard of this person or his business and none of my office knew of this person. So he was threatening a lawsuit against me for uh, um, slander. I'm like, hey, so I said, yeah, give me the guy's number. I'll call him. So I call him. And he just starts going off. I said, hang on, man. I said, I don't even know your company. I don't know. I don't know you are. None of my office does. So I'm really sure that we didn't tell anybody anything bad about you. We don't do it anyway. He's like, I know for a fact you did. They said your name. I had multiple customers tell me this. And and so I said, well, let me do some research. Did some more research. Can't find anything can I, and I said can I have the names of these customers and phone numbers because I record every single call let me listen back to it and if I can find them I'll send them to you so you can hear what we're saying to these customers so he he then he was going off on this well I'm going to see you for slander I said man that's not going to work save your money you're going to waste a bunch of money trying to sue me for slander because you're not going to get it it's not going to happen you're going to lose and then um, I told him my name. He said he didn't know who I was, didn't know anything about me. And I said, well, I've been in the business a long time. I can assure you we're not doing it. So later, when I sent back, I said, man, send me those phone numbers. Let me look it up. He said, well, I talked to my lawyer again, and uh, we looked up who you are. And, uh, you know, it sounds like you run a great business. And, like, he totally backed down from his argument. And he was, And by the end of it, I invited him to come to the shop. I said, man, he said, because he goes, well, I'm just a simple guy. I run a one-man operation. I'm simple, and and I'm just, you know, I'm nobody. I said, well, one, I ran a, a one-person operation for 17 years, so I'm very familiar with how to do that. But if you're interested in ever growing the business, come by, see me. I can show you around. If you, we got a, a big business symposium happening in my shop in a couple of weeks, and it just flipped the whole his whole attitude. He became very thankful. He gave me the prayer sign on text. He, it totally changed his mind. So I was just looking for a chance to make him come off of his high horse and try to be, you know, try to show him some, uh, some grace. And it's so funny how I, I love to do that. I love when people are super bad and I can flip the script on them and totally change their thought process by being genuine and not being, I'm not being fake and I'm not being 
But I just know that's a moment in time when he's mad at me. If he really knew me personally, he probably wouldn't be mad at me. If we really were like that, he wouldn't do it. It's just because he doesn't have enough information about me or he's got some bad information. So replace complaining with gratitude. Next, replace blame with responsibility. I think this is super, super, super relevant right now. Again, you can blame the election on certain things, good, bad. You can blame, you know, COVID and this and that. You can blame, you can blame a lot of other people, but it won't do you any good. You can blame other, you can blame employees for where you are in your business. You can blame uh, all kinds of things, but you really just need to take responsibility for what your results are. You look in the mirror, 100% your fault. Yeah, there can be a little bit come from the government. It can be a little bit. Yeah, it can be a lot come from the government, especially with COVID. But how do you, are you going to respond to it is mostly your responsibility. We're all in the same boat relatively. And some people are totally thriving and some people are totally dying. And how fast can you move to try to thrive in the new hand that's been dealt to everybody? That's the name of the game. It's hard. I get it. I'm not trying to say it's not, but... Ultimately, if you just want to let it die, that's your responsibility, or you can figure out a way to make it thrive or jump ship or change course or do something with the new the new normal, the new reality. Uh, my friend Randy Pennington calls it the new next. So replace blame with responsibility. Next, replace overthinking with actions. That is the absolutely the death knell for so many people with worrying and um, overthinking situations and they don't act because not acting to them feels safe. But to me, um, overthinking and not taking action is actually the most dangerous thing. Most of the time when you, I'll tell you a fantastic podcast I listen to is called Business Wars. And it's on Wondery. Uh, I listen to it on Apple Podcasts. But one of the things in this Business Wars podcast, you can always watch for the pivot in the business where they, you know, they either overthought a situation or there was just a, there's some pivot, especially with uh, not taking action or taking the wrong action. And the best example is, of course, Blockbuster versus Netflix, one of the best, one of the huge, biggest mistakes ever of a company to let Netflix take over the streaming. And quick story, if you don't know it, obviously Blockbuster owned the whole rental game. Netflix came along, did not have content, did not have good internet service. Everybody didn't have fast enough internet to really do it, but they put their money in streaming way early and about went broke. Netflix, I mean, Blockbuster came in and well, of course, Netflix was, you know, mailing your DVDs at first and then Netflix jumped on that late and said, we'll do the mailing service, but we'll also give you a free, you know, a free, uh, if you come into the store, you get a free rental. Well, they were losing $2 a customer and then Netflix was doing this streaming thing, which wasn't taking off at all and Blockbuster you know, didn't see that as a benefit. So Netflix came to them to try to buy out their online stuff and Blockbuster wouldn't do it. And 
it looked like Netflix was going to go under. And then Blockbuster made the biggest mistake ever. They got a new CFO. The guy said, look, we're losing money per customer doing this shipping the DVDs to the people. And we need to, we need to make the in-store experience amazing. And we need to bring the people back in. So let's, let's give up this ordering thing and any of this streaming thing. Let's make the in-store experience amazing. And that was the death knell on that, on that missing the opportunity. And you can go on and on. Polaroid did it. Kodak did it. On and on. People are doing it all the time. Different car manufacturers do it. They miss it. But the main thing is to do it to yourself. Disrupt yourself. Take actions on what are we missing. You know, in my business, if you're still focusing on sweeping chimneys, that is a that's a miss because our industry, people are not burning as much wood. The wood has smoke. The EPA and smoke is not popular. Some areas of the country ban you from burning wood. It's harder to get. So there's other things, construction, restoration, high efficiency appliances. And that's the move that you have to make. But I know a lot of chimney guys that like, I don't want to do all that. I just want to do the simple stuff. And they, they may be fine, but you can't grow on it. So what actions are you going to take to to that you know you need to take that you won't take? You know, that's that's the main question. So I realized last week I accidentally only posted part of Alan's uh, technology uh, podcast. It was he called me, said, hey, I think we missed part of our talk. And he's right. We did. So I'm going to repost the whole um, Alan's hot profits. And we also realized we forgot to talk about one more thing on, on technology that we use. We've used it for a while, but I'm not sure everybody does, which is a FLIR, F L I R infrared. Um, we've got them for our, some of our iPhones, believe it or not, they've got some really base models that are pretty good at looking through walls, looking for hot spots, And in our case, looking for, um, you know, wet, you know, rain coming through or, or moisture in the wall. We, we do it quite a bit for moisture, but you can also do it for like dryer vent cleaning. If you, you can see the dryer vent coming through the wall with a FLIR and you can see where, if you're trying to figure out which way it's going to route, you turn it on and you can see the routing. Sometimes that's very handy when it's going through a hidden, you know, compartment, a hidden area. You can also watch for hot spots on the fireplace. But for us, the main place we use it is for moisture and leak detection that we use it and can see where the the wall or the chimney is exactly coming in. And I think it was about $300 and it hooks onto our iPhone and you can see it. But you can buy them for $500 to I think $5,000. I think the more advanced units, you really need to get some training on them. And I think they have those. But if you're not using that piece of technology in your business, it's really really an amazing part of technology. So with that, I'm going to put Alan's entire episode on technology back on here. I think we started last week with just Dropbox, but there were several things before that. So enjoy it, and we'll talk to you soon. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition, liftoff. All 
Hi, we are back for another week with my good friend Alan Rush with some hot profits. How's it going, Alan? Man, do we have a president yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, this will be two months after that. So uh, uh, hopefully we do. <laughs> we, yeah, we this is we we're recording this just a, we still don't know who the president is, but by the time this airs, it's gonna be a couple months down the road. So I'm Al, good, man. How are you? I'm good. Um we we talk a lot about technology of sales, technology that our teams use all the time, and a lot of times we're using all kinds of different little things. And you and I, you and I just sitting here doing this podcast have used two or three different technologies. Let's just go over some of the things that you're seeing out there. Some of the things that that I don't forget to use technology, but also make sure you know what the latest technology is. So sometimes you can just blow people away. Yeah, no, I mean, it's so let's put this into perspective. The uh, you know, I still visit companies that are on carbon paper. You know, uh, they're literally on pen and paper and they are writing out things by hand and they're tearing off the sheet and giving the yellow copy to the customer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so when we're, we're the stuff that we're getting ready to talk about is to us, I think it, um, it's pretty basic type stuff, but it's so advanced for this industry, Right. right? I think the bar is so low for, uh, really blue collar in general. We were talking about this when we were eating earlier that I had a, uh, a guy, a pool guy come, I had a pretty big project and I had several companies, I called five companies, only three of them even showed up to agreed times, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not even showing up. So if we can do the little things and combine that with technology, man, it's just game over. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites, and if you, if you're a client of mine or you've been through some of my trainings, you may have been exposed to this, but, uh, and I still don't know how to say this correctly. I'm pretty sure it's a notable. It's A-N-N-O-T-A-B-L-E. It is absolutely, I think it's a game changer. Very simple software. It's free to download if you're on the iPhone or uh, the Apple uh, platform. Um, 10 bucks to unlock all the features. But basically, it's a real quick photo editor. Uh, allows you to draw lines, allows you to uh, add words. Uh, but the most powerful feature in it is it's got a magnifying glass that I can zoom in on different parts of my of a chimney or a problem and really just amplify um, how much that, especially with uh, masonry chimneys, like a you know, little crack becomes a big crack. You I'll know? tell you, I hadn't seen that till, till Alan sat down with me at this podcast. And I'm thinking, you know, when he's talking about this, you know, markup does that or just automatic stuff. But then when he showed this zoom feature that makes this little bubble around the area he's looking at and it zoomed in like a hundred times, yeah. like a little crack became a big crack. And it was like, it's a game changer. Yeah, when you're talking about things like water intrusion or spalling brick in, in our industry, or just hey, little this little uh, mortar is starting to separate. When you really zoom in and can see how much separation is really there, which which is what water sees, right? When water is getting in, it doesn't care the size of it; it's getting in there. Well, he took a picture of a big section of the chimney, and when you just looked at it, you could kind of tell something was wrong. But then when he put his finger on an area and it blew it up like a magnifying glass it made you realize that probably what you're looking at from the ground looks one way, but when you put your put right up on there and, th- and think like a water drop, how easy is it going to be to penetrate that, that structure? Yeah. And this particular software is, is uh, it's not only inexpensive, but it's twofold from the sales process, right? It's the, the live experience with the customer where I can zoom in and drag and show everything that we're doing, but I can also very quickly annotate, uh, that photo, I can draw the line to what we're talking yeah. about and, and write a word about it to include 
uh, into their report. So uh, how many times have we got the I need to talk to my spouse objection? Uh, now we are leaving a very impressive leave behind in the report that is not only zoomed in and, and lines drawn to what we're trying to draw attention to, uh, but also annotated. And if they are a company that or a, a client that would get more than one proposal, um, I guarantee you yours is going to be the most impressive. Yeah. So let's talk about making a proposal if the customers aren't there or a quick trip. I did it the other day. Guy, could, We put a brand new wood stove in. Guy couldn't get it started. I didn't want to drive all the way out there. We did a quick Zoom call. I sat there with him on the Zoom call. It felt like I was in his house. We got to be friends. He really seriously wants to come over to my house. And, and it was, I mean, it was, it was a neat experience, but I sat there and showed him how to use a wood stove. So Zoom and FaceTime, right? Zoom and FaceTime. We, uh, we did a class on, uh, you know, presenting in a COVID world, you know, not long ago. And, and, um, you know, some people are afraid to, um, to give information away because they're going to somehow lose money. But in the chimney industry, one of the, especially in gas, right? That is becoming one of the biggest um, trends in the chimney where people are moving to gas. Uh, a lot of people like to do annual maintenance on gas, but one of the biggest downsides of doing annual maintenance on gas is come busy season, the pilot may not start or, you know, we have to go back and we have to light a pilot. I mean, how many times have you had to go light a pilot probably just this oh, year? Tons. Hundreds. I have no idea, yeah. Um, and change batteries. And change batteries, right? So we've got companies that are starting to set up uh, basically a, a very high level basic help desk using technology, using FaceTime or Zoom to, to do base, asking the customer first, hey, would you like to try to diagnose this over the phone? Most, it's one of two simple things, or I'm going to need to dispatch a technician. It's amazing. Even some of the older audience are open to, oh, oh, I didn't even realize I had batteries there. Oh, I didn't even, oh, I just have to hit that button. Oh, that's in the pilot position, not in the on position. And we can diagnose some very basic things for people in our industry who are currently, we're in what, November now, booked out six weeks. We can get, we can make a customer extremely happy right then and fix them and not have to, to waste a, a service call. Especially a customer, let's just say you just installed the gas logs and you've been out there a week and they've been waiting three or four or five weeks and they don't want to wait another three or four or five weeks and now you just put something in. That's a great time to use technology to save yourself a trip. If it's a warranty job, it's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a, absolutely. But even just good customer service in general, if we can help somebody out, they will remember that uh, down the road. Now, if it's you're booking the next day, you know, it's slow, then hey, you know, send them out. But if you're going to make a customer wait six weeks, you're probably going to lose that customer anyway. So, right. so help them out. And then the other big thing that we use Zoom for and FaceTime is how many times do you go to a uh, customer's house and either they had to leave or yes. they're in a meeting or they weren't even there? Maybe it's a real estate and uh, there's, you had a lockbox. Um, we've talked about this before, but I can't stress this enough. I could say this on every episode. If you go into a home and you have not talked to the customer for the everything that's holy, do not email them that proposal without talking to them. Right. Um, you, you're basically just uh, throwing that away, a, yeah. a high percentage of them. So setting expectations with the customer that we want to have a conversation about what we found. Uh, and you can do that through Zoom and FaceTime. You can share photos. You can have a conversation just like you're there face to face. Uh, obviously, if it's a big enough job, go back and meet with them. But for the majority of them, doing it through technology, we're so used to that now in this COVID world. Uh, we, we have Zoom fatigue, so people yeah. definitely know what Zoom is, you know? You know, our we kind of went from one side to the other because 
we went when we went paperless. People were used to having you. Know, we kind of had to have the paper in front, but sometimes we'd leave it on the mantle or whatever. And then it got real easy to just not have to have that conflict, not have to present on the spot. Say I'll email you the bid when I get back to the office, and you don't have to deal with it. And there, therefore, we're using technology as a crutch. And really, when you really need to build up those muscles of talking to the customer face to face, hundred percent. We had a, a job with. Uh, one of your technicians I was with this week that um, we were actually running a little early and we said, Hey, can we go? They said, yeah, you can go. My, my uh, roommate's going to be there, but I'm not going to be there. Well, I'm there for sales training. That's not an ideal situation. We don't have the, the client there. So, uh, but he said, I should be there later. If you haven't finished up, just, just email me the report, right? Okay, right. We'll do that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so we go there, the, the, we finished, it needed basically what's called a chase cover, a big metal pan at the, uh, the top of the chase. It was very rusted, had nail holes in it. And so the guy I was with, I said, send this one picture that showed all this awful rust and nail holes sticking out. I said, send this one picture to them and say, can you give me a call? Right. Nice. And, and so was maybe 10 seconds, <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh wait, what is this? And what have you sent me? And we were able to ask for permission, right? This is a big thing, especially if someone's calling you back. Hey, I'm just finishing up at your house. Got a few things I want to go over with you. I sent you one picture of about 20 that I took. Do you have two or three minutes that I can go over mm. this with you? Um, absolutely. What are we looking at? Um, they just bought the home. We explained uh, what they had. And long story short, we closed that on the spot. What do you need? Great. $800 deposit. Beautiful. And and we were done. And this guy had never done that before. So to see the power of, and he was honest. He's like, man, if that if you weren't here, I would have just wrote up this report and sent them and sent them an email with the inspection report and the proposal. And I may not have ever heard back from them. So, mm. so just using that tech, and this was a phone call, right? This is not, this is sending a text and a phone call. Um, and you know, that's just using technology. So let's talk about the technology we use to keep teams together. You and I are on some teams. We use Voxer. Yeah. Tell, tell people what Voxer is. Well, I'll tell you when I told my daughter who she's now uh, 27, uh, that we were using Voxer. She made fun of me because she said they used to use that like in high school or something. Apparently, oh. this has been around for a lot longer than I knew. So, like, oh, dad, that's like old school. It's like, are you on MySpace too? You know, and then so, so. Well, just to be clear, it's Voxer, V O X E R. Yes, Voxer. And I use it with every one of my consulting clients, all the technicians that I train. It's basically a. Uh, a glorified Nextel uh, walkie-talkie. Walkie it's an app. Uh, it's uh, for any device. Uh, and and you can add people uh, to it. And you basically leave voice messages that can be played at any time. Uh, and you can go back and you can listen to them. Uh, you can type text messages. If you don't want to leave a voice message, you can share photos. You can uh, link Dropbox directly to it. You can do individual one-on-one -on -one text or you can do group text. So a lot of the way that I use it with teams that I work with is I have a manager group, I have a uh, individual technician one-on-one -on -one group, and then I have a, a group group with the, with the technicians or possibly one of the managers in there. Because how many times as a manager do you give one technician advice or feedback or talk about a job and you're like, man, I, I could have told that to 10 other guys. And so you have that kind of group thing where when one person asks a question and learns, everyone learns with them. And yeah. so... Um, I will personally love voice messaging because nothing gets lost in translation. Right. There's no, uh, you know, see me, typos. no typos, <laughs> uh, see me in my office after work. Well, is that good or is that bad? When right. I say it, you know, based on the tone of uh, my voice. And plus, 
I'm in the field all day, just like you guys are. And so I can listen to that in between calls when I'm in the van. Uh, I don't have time to always type out an email or, uh, you know, even a phone call. So it's very convenient. Yeah, we use that one a lot. Another one that we use a lot is Group Me. And I don't know that you have a ton of experience mm-hmm. with it, and I'll kind of explain it. It's G-R-O-U-P-M-E. Uh, and it's it's a lot just like texting. But the gr- the great thing about it is you can add and delete people without losing the whole thread or starting it over, especially in a big group. So you can add people to join and then you can, of course, add videos, you can add pictures, you can. But for us, like one of the main things that people say is, hey, I'm in a certain part of town. Can somebody pick up this chimney sweep for me in this part of the town? Or does anybody have a 40 foot ladder close to this area? Or, My camera's broken and the team manages themselves. I know I've talked about it in the past, but it's one of the best overall management apps i've ever used and i thought it was just going to be for us to communicate but really what you just said was when the one person asks and then the other in the group answers the whole group learns and it takes the pressure off of me in fact i'm not the one answering most of the questions i wait and watch unless they tag me i wait and watch and let the group answer and if the group's right i don't say a word if the group is wrong or still struggling, I'll step in, you know, with my my idea or my thought process. But that itself help, helps build leaders in itself because there's certain guys that answer everything. Mm-hmm. There's certain guys that barely use it. And, I, and the key to it is everybody using it, but everybody helping each other out. And so that is called Group Me, and we we it's become one of the strongest processes we've used that now i think there's have you ever used slack or any of those other i have clients that use slack but i I don't use it okay um all right well let's wrap this one up on some of the kind of old standards that we use like dropbox and what's the best way and how have you seen the best companies use dropbox and google drive and that type of thing well, I think, I mean, the, the big thing is you have to have some sort of online storage, right? There's so many now, and most of them are honestly free. It's Google or Google Drive or Dropbox or OneDrive. I mean, there's just so many out there. I personally like Dropbox. It's got a lot of great sync uh, features, whether you're on a, uh, you know, an iPad, an iPhone, an Android or a computer, it'll sync everything up. But the main thing is having categories that are easy to find. I find that a lot of people do not organize Dropbox very well, mm-hmm. that they have all this great information, but no one knows how to find it. And, yeah. Or they name it stuff that is not intuitively intuitively searchable. Um, so having very clear photos, uh, sorry, folders that are either, you know, processes, systems, photos, uh, SOPs, whatever it may be. I yeah. think that's really key in that. One of the way, I and mean, we use Dropbox for a lot of things. We put a lot of uh, our standard operating procedures, our forms, uh, a lot of things like that, price list. But another thing we use it for recently is like when our estimators go out, they video uh, the job. They video a walkthrough. Once they're done with their proposal, they video a walkthrough. Here's where you're going to come in. Here's where you're going to pull the lift. Here's where you're going to set up the scaffolding. Here's access to the chimney. I'm up on the chimney. Here's what I want you to fix. Here's make sure you do this. Here's Miss Smith's dog. Don't let the dog out. The dog's name is Sparky. And then it's saved. And so when the estimate, when the crew goes out, they have to look up that customer's name in Dropbox under the estimator and they get a quick rundown of what the job is. And that's been a really eye opening thing. Just if you'd use estimators versus repair crews, it's really nice for the repair crew to have an idea of what they're getting into. 
For sure. Uh, and before and after photos, that's a great thing yeah. for Dropbox is, is how many times have you been a salesperson and you're trying to sell something and they're like, oh, I know we've done that type of job before. Let me show you a photo and you can't easily find it. Mm-hmm. Definitely having searchable items for cap or crown or seal yeah. that people can easily find that is absolutely huge. Yeah. Um, on that same note, this is just a great tip for Chimney Guy, really anybody that does annual service is that uh, I've got a, a folder in my Dropbox that shows one year progressions, especially in the colder markets where, um, you know, masonry tends to deteriorate really? when not, when not addressed. So to, when people say, well, you know, can I, you think I can get by from this, uh, you know, for one more year? Oh, well, let's see what happened to Mrs. <laughs> Jones when she waited one more year. And here's this picture and here you see these three rows needed rebuilt. And then one year later and their time stamped, right? One year later, she had to rebuild half her chimney. Wow. And so we could wait a year. What do you think? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how much money you got? Yeah. So, oh, so good. Well, all right, guys, that's our episode on, on, um, technology and, uh, it's getting late. <laughs> yeah, it's getting late and stumbling around, but hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks again, Alan. All right. Appreciate it, Mark. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.